Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, 300 million of them. And oh yes, by the way, keep them out uh, of the country coming in from other nations. Because, you know, we're so good at keeping things out of illegal of an illegal nature coming across the borders, right? Like drugs and illegal aliens. So, you know, I just I don't want to put my trust in um, in progressives because um, every single thing they've touched, they've failed at. We've got a great guest with us today, and I know I'm going to butcher your last name, so I apologize. Chris Saucedo. He is affectionately known as the Liberty-loving Latino. He's a nationally recognized radio talk show host, heard on WBPA, and of course in Dallas, Texas, KSEV in Houston, Texas. He's also the author of the book, Liberty Rises, and the executive director of the Conservative Hispanic Society. Well, Dan, do you have any questions for our guest? Well, you know, it's extremely timely because I just sent off a commentary this afternoon on uh, on this whole issue of school shootings and um i agree with the guest that the the democrats uh their solution which has been consistently their solution take away the guns um doesn't make this that rhetoric doesn't happen because american people are not going to give up their guns period so i took a different approach and i said we should look to the tsa and airport security as a better way to protect our schools. I gave three specific examples. One, we need one entrance into the school that you have to go through both students, faculty, and visitors, metal detectors, before you can get into the school. Second, all the exterior doors will be locked from the inside with alarm systems that are Wi-Fi wired to the front office so that if a, if a door is breached, the security officers know exactly where to go. And number three, we need to begin to identify those children, almost 100% boys, at least so far, who clearly are in distress and need mental health counseling, medications, and monitoring. Uh, We can't stop all the shootings, but Jim... Here's a crazy statistic. Um, we're not too far away from the, the remembrance of September 11th. And after September 11th, the federal government put in the TSA metal detector scans. And here we are almost 18 years later, Jim. And last year, the TSA confiscated 3,400 weapons that were trying to be brought onto aircraft, and 83% of them were loaded with a round in the chamber, 18 years later. So there are still people in this country, for whatever reason, are trying to get guns on airplanes, and we have this metal detector system, both not only for the passengers but for the luggage, that has kept tens of thousands of weapons and kept our skies safe. So why can't we learn from the TSA how to make our schools safe? 
Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. No, uh, Dan, you know, I've got to say uh, that that's a, a very good analysis on your part. And, you know, a couple of things. First off, up in Chicago, there was an 18-year-old young lady who brought a loaded gun to school in a backpack. Guess how it was detected? With an x-ray machine. Gee, where, where have I seen that before? Oh, yeah, in an airport. I've seen that before in an airport. Her attempt to bring us a loaded gun into school was thwarted by an x-ray machine. Right. Um, Number two, not only do the the Democrats' gun-grabbing proposals and coming down on the law-abiding citizens, not only is is it ineffectual rhetoric, it's ineffectual policy. And we've seen evidence of that in Australia that banned guns, from, and it's easier for them to do because they can monitor everything that comes into their country. They're, they're, they're one massive island, a continent out there, and still they just suffered their worst mass shooting in 22 years after they've banned weapons. London, for example. London uh, is, of course, under the umbrella of the U.K., a city in the U.K. They ban all firearms for their citizens. And what happens? The murder rate in London eclipses New York City. The, the, the murder weapon of choice is knives. Now, uh, it seems that if somebody's hell-bent and determined to, to hurt somebody, they're going to try. The solution is, is to make sure that people can defend themselves, to just disincentivize or thwart individuals who want to do harm. I absolutely agree. I, I, I think the idea that the American people would support I mean the the here's the unique thing and it perhaps in this particular shooting uh, it didn't necessarily get the kind of coverage that the one we had here in in Florida but you can certainly help me with this the 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 reason why I'm questioning the coverage is because it wasn't an assault rifle it was a sawed-off shotgun and a pistol so you can't you can't bring out the the constant AR-15 issue from the left because it was not an AR-15, which is not an assault rifle, but but they call it that. The left does. So it was a sawed-off shotgun and a, and a handgun. Uh, so I didn't. Maybe again, maybe you had it in Texas, but I haven't seen this great human cry like we saw in Florida uh, to eliminate uh, assault rifles because that wasn't part of the wasn't part of the narrative. Uh, I never saw well, any, just what if I might want to ask one more, or ask a question. I never saw any coverage other than initially that there was a, there was a possibility that he planted four bombs on the campus. Was that ever verified? Yes, the devices, some of them were potentially armed. Some of them uh, were ineffectual. Uh, and yes, that that was confirmed. I talked to the lieutenant governor about this just the other day. Uh, so those those devices were present. Of course, nobody is anybody out there screaming about bomb control. No, of course they're not. And you know, some of the left that run in my particular circles or try to challenge me, they have stayed on the AR-15. As a matter of fact, I had a guy hit me today with, "Well, are you allowed to have a nuclear weapon in a tank?" And I said, "Well, that those those weapons weren't used in Santa Fe." New Mexico either. Um, <laughs> I had to remind them. I'm sorry, Santa Fe, Texas. Uh, they they weren't used in Santa Fe, Texas either. So uh, look, the the left's rhetoric is very simple. They want to eliminate firearms for a completely different reason. It's not public safety. 
it's opposition to government and self-reliance. And that is the very reason why the conservative wants to maintain the ability of self-defense, because we, we view it on a different level than, than progressives do. Wherever you see these types of situations where, where the society's ability to defend itself is stripped away and the government is in charge, you see a degrading society. And that goes from Europe, that goes to the communist nations, to the socialist nations. And we, we need not look any further than our, our neighbors to the south in Mexico. Uh, Mexico does not have an equivalent of the Second Amendment. They make it very hard for their people to defend themselves. And as a result, the, the narco-terrorists, the drug cartels, slaughter the Mexican people nearly at will. That's true. And they, and they, um, uh, they work the borders, uh, the drug cartels and the weapon cartels trying to bring drugs and weapons into the United States. And, um, um, you know, the president seems to be very vocal about the the immigration laws in our country really, really need to be. I mean, they, the thing that's amazing to me, and the president talked about it, I think, yesterday, the day before. Um, and again, Texas may be more um, the um, the issue is uh, catch and release. Um, mm-hmm. It it. it, it, it I mean, the president described it so well. They catch him, they bring him into uh, holding cells or whatever, they take him in front of a magistrate or an immigration judge, and then they release him. And they go to whoever or wherever, and they never show up for their hearings. And um, uh, it's just uh, amazing that uh, we have congressmen and senators who would, and, and leaders of the Democratic Party, who think that we should have no border security at all. And I I just can't imagine that uh, I heard that you have a congressman from Texas whose name escapes me at the moment. I heard him on the radio today. And he said that he is pushing very hard, the Democratic leadership, that the principal attack for the incumbent Republicans by the Democrats in the midterm elections will be that the Democrats are going to stand for the impeachment of Donald Trump. Al Green is his name. Thank you. I just couldn't I couldn't get it. Um, yeah, this this man is crazy. This man is a full tilt loon. This man is just as stable as Maxine Waters, which is to say there's no stability whatsoever. <laughs> Lady and Max. I hope I hope I hope he speaks for every Democrat. I hope they really do run a thing. If if they run on impeachment, uh, this is this exhibits to me a complete misunderstanding of why Donald Trump was elected. The majority I, of the American people are not with the Democrat and the Republican Party on their views on illegal immigration. Right. And I say both parties because both parties are conspiring to thwart the will of the American people on this issue. Right, I, I totally agree. There are agree. only a select few. Yeah, there's only a select few of individuals who are standing up for the rule of law when it comes to illegal immigration and illegal immigration into this country. The, the, I, I can say this with 100% certainty that the majority of our government over the past 40 to 50 years has betrayed every American citizen on this issue of illegal right. immigration. 
Right. The other thing that they're talking about, Nancy Pelosi wants the Democratic Party to run on increasing everybody's taxes. God bless her. I mean, I, mean, I, mean, how do you, I don't understand how you are you totally inept. Not you. I'm talking about Nancy. That are the Democrats oh, yeah. so so far left that they don't understand that Americans, by and large, hate paying taxes, period. And I'll they're going to think they're going to vote because the Democrats are going to raise the taxes. Um, oh, unbelievable. Yeah. And then, well, yeah, you've got Nancy Pelosi from my former home state of California. I was born and raised in San Diego. She's out there uh, pledging to raise people's taxes. And then you've got Libby Schaff, the, the high-profile Democrat mayor of Oakland, who is saying when the president calls MS-13 animals, that that is somehow racist. And to that, I say, I say to Democrats, I'll see you in November. I hope you all run on that. I really do. The pro-MS-13, pro-high taxes, pro-illegal alien Democrat Party. We'll see you in November. I uh, uh, I have talked about this with with Jim on previous shows, and I'm 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 out ahead of a lot of people. Have been out ahead of a lot of people on this. And I said that that the the pundits from the left in the mainstream media are drinking the same Kool Aid that they drank for Hillary Clinton. And they're going to sit at those voting, those voter count desks in November, and they're going to be asking the question, how is it possible in an off-year election we were slaughtered? They're not going to be able to figure out that it was the same reason, and that was they were not in touch with the American people. And I think the difference, and you hit hit it on the head, the difference this time around in 2018 in the midterms, people have seen what Mr. Trump can do and what he's done and what he's already accomplished. Um, and they're not about to. And I, I've also said that I think that you're going to see him become more aggressive in talking to the voters. Give me true Republicans. And he'll, he'll campaign against Republicans who are Republicans in name only. And um, I think we're going to see another another wave, and and that'll carry Mr. Trump into 2020 uh, when he gets reelected. And I, I, I think that, that Mr. Trump told us when he signed that horrendous budget bill, no, no more, no more. Well, I got to tell you, I... I mean, if if President Trump does it, nobody will. It, it's going to be up to President Trump to get out there and give the people a reason to vote for Republicans. Because right. I can tell you that omnibus, that omnibus bill, because uh, everything you said about the Democrats is true if Republicans were behaving as Republicans. But there's Mitch McConnell. And Mitch McConnell, and I, I have every Republican I have gotten onto the show, I have asked specifically – why do you continue to defend this man? Why do you continue to – he doubled, intentionally doubled the cost of restoring our military because he had to pay off Democrats. He couldn't stand up as the Senate Majority Leader and make the case that our military was worth funding without – with $700 billion without agreeing to $600 billion of frivolous entitlement spending. Of, we had to flush $600 billion down the toilet. 
to rescue our military. Mitch McConnell didn't have the brains or the, the maturity or the passion to stand up and say what, the, what my Democrat friends don't realize, that if the United States military can't defend the country and the country falls, all of their entitlement programs are going to be worthless. So let's, de- let's deal with in this budget only getting our military back on track, and we can have conversations down the road about reforming entitlements, which are in desperate need of reform. But what did Mitch McConnell do? He says, no, no, we can't have any of those intellectual arguments. We're just going to cave in uh, and spend $1.3 trillion, $1.3 trillion in six months' worth of spending. Like I said, it, the, the Republican Party needs Donald Trump because Mitch McConnell doesn't inspire anybody to go vote Republican. Right. Jim, did I hear that IQ was on today? Yes. IQ Al Rizzoli has uh, been listening to the entire conversation today. IQ. Well, I'd, like to, what, what, I'd like to hear what he has to say. Yeah. What, what, what do you think about it, this IQ? Well, if I'm given the chance to talk, I can talk. Regarding Trump talking about animals, the people who objected to the word don't realize that every human being is an animal. Am I right or am I wrong? Yep. The human animal. We are animals, for God's sake. People who are driving a car are animals in human form. They're not cows, not apes, but they're animals. So really, all this bullcrap about that he called them animals, that they created such a big story out of it, it wasn't important. The only reason they did it, as you said, as everybody is saying, is because it was Donald Trump. The left are committing suicide as we speak. And God willing, they will continue committing suicide. So this 2018, more Americans will vote for Trump supporters than the other side. By the way, while we are talking, Italy has now a government which has intentions to reverse what's happening in Europe and to deport 500,000 illegal immigrants. I don't know if you know about it. No, I didn't hear that. 500,000. Are they going to send them back to Syria, IQ? It's in the agenda, yeah. And they are not willing also to obey uh, Merkel and or to pay the European Union the money owed. This is a revolution. And I honestly hope more and more of the European Union members will do the same. It should end. This is a charade, and Merkel created the basis for the destruction of Western civilization. Thank God we have Donald Trump. Because honestly, without him, and I'm not a religious person, without him, Western civilization would have been Back to you. 500,000 people from Italy. Wow. Um, don't, don't believe me. Google it. You'll find it. I'm, I'm not doubting you. Are they, are they primarily Syrians, uh, IQ? First of all, this Syrian business is bullcrap. The, the whole of Syria is 28 million. Only a few million of them escaped. The remainder, 80 to 90 percent, are from Africa and from Muslim world, from Pakistan, from Afghanistan, from all the stands. But everybody in the news media called them Syrians. Syrians are fair-skinned. I saw every single one of these groups. 90% were black. So please, 
Let's not confuse the issue. They're not serious, no. Okay. Stand corrected. No, 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 I mean it honestly, because it is so wrong. If you look at the pictures of those people coming on the boats, they're coming from North Africa. From North Africa, Syria is in, in near, a partner near Israel. What's got to do with North Africa? Yeah, by the way, something else nobody is mentioning. Not a single one of these refugees is willing to go or is accepted by any Muslim or Arab country. They come only to the West. I wonder why. Nobody is asking the question. Why do you think? Free, free education, free medical health, free this, free this, free this. Why not? Why not? <laughs> it's a joke. It really is. It's a joke. Our leaders are worse to us in the West than ISIS. And then and Al-Qaeda. Why do I say that? Al-Qaeda and ISIS tell you to your face, you either submit to Sharia or you are exterminated. Problem is resolved. Perfectly clear. Our leaders tell us they love us. They're going to protect us. And they stab us in the back 24 hours a day. So, uh, IQ, let me ask you a question. Um, there have been some uh, protests down in the southern part of Iran with the, with the government. Um, not widely reported, and they're not huge, but um, reaction. It was what it was. I saw on the BBC was it was in reaction to um, the rhetoric from the leadership in Tehran about uh, Donald Trump not recertifying. Is there? Are you getting any sense about turmoil within the country? I'm surprised. I'll tell you why, because I didn't send it to you. A week ago, in Tehran, there was a football game in the evening. 100,000 Iranians. In unison, they shouted, in unison, rest your soul, Riza Pahlavi. It's on YouTube. If you Google it, your hair will stand on end. 100,000 people shouting in unison, as if they are organized, rest your soul, Riza Pahlavi. And in my not-so-humble opinion, I would say, if Donald, sorry, Donald Trump or Pence meets with the son of the Shah in, in America, and the son of the Shah is in America, and they meet publicly, it will give a green light to all the Iranians who have had enough of 40 years of the mullahs, they will overthrow them. Don't take my word for it. They I, will do. I I I understand, and and um, I I guess because you've trained me so much, IQ, that that in the case of the Muslim people and religion, uh, the religion is the government. And how, how do you overthrow the government without overthrowing your religion? You don't have to overthrow religion. In Iraq, we had constitutional monarchy. We had a dictatorship, which was secular. In Iraq, we didn't have women. When I was born there, was I grew up there, up to, until the overthrow of Saddam Hussein, 
women in Baghdad, women in the cities, were westernized totally. I mean, they were wearing Western clothing. No question, there was no problem. Nobody wore the hijab. It's only after the Iranian Revolution, thanks to your President Carter, and then after the fall of Gaddafi and the fall of Saddam Hussein, when the ISIS took over, that it was enforced. Hijab does not exist in the Quran. And $200,000 says there's no human being on the planet who can prove me wrong. The hijab is not mandated in the Quran. It doesn't exist. But they say it's in their religion. And every jackass judge in America and Europe takes it for granted. And they are all jackasses, literally. So are, are you, I just, so I can be clear, are you saying that the son of the Shah is living in America? Of course he is, yes. I, I understand. But if there was a discussion between Trump and the Shah's son, yes. you're saying that things would change? Without going to war, it will change. The Most of the young people in Iran, in fact, most of the population of Iran today, is over the age of 30, under the age of 35. And they've had 40 years of misery. The women don't like the hijab, and the men don't like to be forced not to drink, not to dance. All, all, the, all that gives humanity pleasure is for being the undershire. No, I'm telling you, Iran is ready. The one who let them down was Obama. And we are talking about gun control and lawlessness. You had it because of Obama of eight years of lawlessness. He degraded America. Before Obama, you didn't have all these mass shootings. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, we went back to Columbine, which is uh, long before uh, Obama was in office. But the, the, there's been a, a greater percentage of school shootings in terms of numbers of the overall shooting uh, uh, since Obama took office. And I, I'm, I don't know. I, I would love to ask our guests. The, uh, just to follow what IQ is saying, do you think there's any correlation correlation between Obama's policies and the increase in, in shootings in schools? Well, I think as a as a broader discussion, yes, because of the hopelessness and helplessness that most Americans felt in the oppressive Obama years. Uh, government was in control. Government was going to tax you. Government was was taking your money, taxes skyrocketed, whether it be with Obamacare, and people were out of jobs. Food stamps soared. People were reliant on the government, and Americans don't like living like that. So there was a, a feel of desperation and a feel there was nothing you could do. The Republicans were, per, were, were missing in action. None of them wanted to stand up to Obama because he was the first black president, and many Americans felt abandoned. The, that administration was lawless. Uh, didn't believe the rules applied to them. We're seeing evidence of that today and what they did to the Trump campaign. So, yes, there was, a, there was a feeling of helplessness that may have contributed. I think it did psychologically to an increase in violence in, in this society. Uh, there, I, again, I mentioned this before, permissiveness inside of the schools and the domination of, in our government-run schools of the liberal ideology, removing God from schools, removing a higher power, from schools. Uh, Ronald Reagan put it beautifully when he said, 
when a when a na- great nations turn away from their god or their gods, it's a it's a precursor to their fall, because there's no prompting of the conscience. It's only a bunch of elected folks serving themselves and not the people. They, there's no higher power they answer to. So I believe there's something to that. And, and, and there's a stat I think you guys might be a little surprised to know that according to the FBI, the statistics of gun violence in the United States statistics are on the decline and have been on the decline for decades. Mass shootings are up. But here's, here's what I discovered, and I was astonished. I think it was the Washington Post of all places that published it. Uh, not including the recent shooting in Santa Fe, Texas. How many kids have been killed in, in mass school shootings? I, 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 I'm probably, I know I don't have the greatest number, but I saw an article yesterday because I'm working on a piece on that, uh, which I just told you about. Uh, I thought 141 have been killed since Columbine, but it, I don't think it's up to date. So it's probably a little bit more than that, but, not a right. lot. Well, yeah, the number I saw, yeah, the number I saw in the Washington Post was around 230 since Columbine, since the 1990s. There, there have been 230, a, a little now over 230 kids that have been killed in mass shootings. All of them tragic. Do you know how many kids in 2016 alone died from texting and driving? Nope. 238. 238. So that's many- a little perspective. How many kids died on the streets happened. of Chicago in 2017? Oh, oh, yes, by, by gun violence, by criminals, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So you get absolutely. my broader point. Oh, sure, these, sure. These, 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 he- these incidents make headlines, and rightly so. On a, and this is one of the few cases I'm not going to condemn the basket of biased press. But at the same time, you've got to put this into perspective as to what's really going on when all of a sudden our left-wing opponents say this is the impetus to taking away everybody's firearms. Well, Jim, I, I wanted to follow up on something our guest said yes. uh, that's come, come out on our show. Yes. Um, we, um, we have a show that uh, focuses on helping people start small businesses and grow their businesses. And one of the things, we just had a person on who ran a, uh, a survey uh, of small business operators, and they were giving us the results. It, it came in in February of this year, and they were giving us some of the results. And what was amazing to me about the survey was that the number of people who were not sure how to react to the tax bill in their businesses uh, and so when we were talking to these these survey people, I asked the question, you know, for the eight years of the Obama administration, we never saw three and a half GDP at all. Um, and we had a president who was basically telling us that our we'll never see three and a half percent GDP. The best years for America were behind it. And we have to get used to, quote, a new normal. And I think eight years of that, from what we're, from the people we're talking to, have somewhat stunted uh, American small business because what's clear now is they don't know how to react to opportunity. They don't know how to act as it relates to prosperity. We had a banker on yesterday that was talking about the kinds of services that small business people 
are 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 looking for, and and they're they're not confident. Uh, they they've never in in some of these small businesses they've never seen the kind of growth rate that we've had in the last year year and a quarter under Donald Trump. And the reality is we're just getting started, and we're going to see if we got three point nine percent unemployment now, in some cases close to two in parts of the country. We're going to see even lower so that this economy is going to have an opportunity to grow. And we're going to put millions and millions of people back to work. But a lot of people don't understand. If you've been on welfare for eight years, 10 years, 20 years, the black unemployment rate is, is the lowest it's been in decades, as is Hispanic. Uh, if you've been living off the government and you find out that you can make more money by working a job, sometimes it's hard to give up that, that generational dependency on the government to pay your bills. To help you survive. But there are more and more people that are saying, well, maybe there's an opportunity here back in America and corporations and businesses are doing it. But the psychological impact of eight years of, as the as our host said, negative atmosphere, uh, America needs to lead from behind and America's best years are behind it. And all that crap had a, has had a big impact on American business. You know, it's it's like you guys are in my in my head because there's a Saucedo show axiom that basically says that we're going to be paying for Barack Obama, the occupation of the Oval Office of resident of what a guy I call resident Obama, for many many moons. And we, I don't think we know at this point the extent of the damage he has done. I, again, I mentioned the stuff that we're uncovering in his what he left behind in the corrupt Department of Justice. Uh, but the psychological impact on the nation, his entitlement mentality, his government dependence, his belittling of America, his persecution of Christianity and propping up of every despot, dictator, and enemy of America, uh, that has a lasting psychological impact on the confidence in, the, in the, the, the psyche of the nation. And I believe it was intentional. I believe Barack Obama's mission was accomplished, if I can borrow a phrase. His mission was accomplished. He did, I believe, tremendous harm and damage to this nation, and it's going to take somebody special and determined to get us out of it, and perhaps Trump is it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think that, that we have a situation where uh, not only psychologically are we damaged, um, but the rest of the world um, didn't know who America was. Uh, I think it was it was our integrity and our credibility was really lost when he drew a line in the sand with Syria and then walked away. And I think that Donald Trump last year, when he said to Assad, we're going to take out your stuff. Um, and if you do it again, there'll be more to pay. The world, specifically Kim in North Korea and the mullahs in, in Tehran, uh, were looking to see whether or not Donald Trump was going to be another Barack Obama and walk away from his line in the sand, or was he going to enforce his line in the sand? And when he did, that sent a very clear message to a lot of people in the world. I mean, I find it amazing that when we, when we, Mr. Trump first came into power and people were saying, you know, you can't do this and you can't do that. Um, and you shouldn't say these things, and you shouldn't tweet, and, and all these, you're not acting presidential enough. And he basically blew it all off. 
And 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 I think it's because he decided that the status quo was bad for America, and he had to he had to change the paradigm, and he's been doing that. And I think that you remember all the all of the hatred and and anguish about renegotiating NAFTA, and the Mexicans said they would never do it, and the Canadians were really reluctant, and yet they're there talking. I mean, we we saw yesterday. <clears throat> Where China seems to have softened dramatically its its position on on trade, and yet it, it could be a tremendous if we can put together a deal with China, a fair deal, could be tremendous for the American economy. Most people don't understand, and being in Texas, you you might, but most people don't understand that <clears throat> that China. Potentially, the the first or second largest economy in the world is much like America was under Jimmy Carter. They import sixty five percent of all of their energy, and and until the end of late in the end of the year in December of two thousand fifteen, we were still prohibited from exporting crude oil anywhere outside of the United States. In in two years, we have we will probably be by the end of this year the largest producer of crude oil in the world. And we're exporting right now about two million barrels a day. If the sanctions take in and Iran loses a lot of its oil production, we can pick up a portion of that three million. And Asia is a very important part. Was a huge customer for Iran for for crude oil. American industry can pick it up. So we have a lot of opportunity economically to regain some tremendous power and strength in the world if we use it. And I think Mr. Trump will. Yeah, not to mention our natural gas reserves and how we're helping Europe getting them、uh, getting them out from under the Vladimir Putin. And I、yeah. live in a state. I live in a state where the the second largest proven oil reserves have been discovered、uh, in West Texas. Right.、Uh, and it's, it's just natural gas and oil just waiting to be to be、uh, accessed. And sent to our allies abroad. <clears throat> I think your point is well taken. We have tremendous opportunity. It is America, after all, but we have some headwinds to get through.、Uh, the leftover corruption from the last administration, recalcitrant Republicans, and、um, and Democrats who are now, as we stated, the Democrat Party is now this the party of the the foreigner. The the Democrat Party is now the foreigners' first party, the anti-white party, the anti-Christian party, the pro-illegal alien, the pro-breaking、uh, of law party, and they're the and they're the anti-police officer, anti-cop, anti-law enforcement party.、Uh, there's a lot of headwinds、uh, to to get through. If anybody can, I believe it is our unconventional president, Donald Trump, and the Republicans would do well to. Take a take a page from his playbook, and I don't know. Start fighting. Yeah, I, w- I would like to ask our guest Jim a little bit of question about Tex- lo- local Texas.、Um, in the primaries, there was、uh, the Democrats were talking about a blue wave hitting Texas, and that the Ted Cruz was in in serious trouble, and he blew his opponents away. He, he got huge、uh, huge voter turnout. <clears throat> What what's the politics like in Texas today? We we are solidly red here, 
but that's that's not to give anybody a false sense of security. Uh, a lot of there's a lot of frustration among conservatives and a lot of frustration among Republicans on the ground who are real Republicans in the state of Texas at the timidity I made reference to, that no matter how many times we send Ted Cruz up to Capitol Hill, no matter how many times we send up a superior Republican delegation up to the Hill, we still get nonsense, overspending, irresponsible, feckless government that we have had in the last eight years. That omnibus spending bill did more damage to the credibility of the Republican Party to govern with its own base than I can, than I can state. And I, I cannot overstate how much damage Mitch McConnell did to conservatives, I'm sorry, Republicans, retaining control over the U.S. House of Representatives. Now, what does he care? He's got a positive map. He's going to be the Senate Majority Leader no matter what. He doesn't care. As a matter of fact, I think he looks forward to having a Democrat-controlled House. Um, I think Mitch McConnell looks at conservatives as people that are unreasonable, and Democrats are people he can deal with. And that's why Mitch McConnell's a dangerous man. So many of us here in Texas still, I don't, I don't see a, foresee a blue wave, but I do foresee a sit-out if the Republicans don't start giving us something to, to actually vote for. So um, <clears throat> you're, uh, you started your program, your visit with us today, talking about the governor and the Congress, the legislature trying to deal with this issue of gun violence at the school. Um, are you? Do you think you're going to be more rational and reasonable than my home state of Florida? I think, well, you know, uh, you guys did raise the the age of, uh, of buying an AR-15 to 21, uh, where I, I, I didn't, I didn't see the logic. I didn't see the logic in that. I mean, my understanding is that law did pass. I didn't see the yes. logic in it, but, but, um, I, I think we will be more sane here because we are solidly focused on preventing individuals with weapons from accessing our kids. I think the pervasive mentality here is this. We protect our money with men with guns and with metal detectors and with security. We protect our politicians, our, our valued and loved politicians. We protect them with men with guns and with security. We protect government buildings with men with guns and security. Uh, if we can do that for all of those much beloved things, can we not do that for our most treasured things, our children? I think that is the mode that we are in. We, we are not into liberal fantasies who believe that confiscating 300 million weapons from the United States of America is doable. And then let me ask you this, gentlemen. If Let's say for, uh, for giggles, we could snap our fingers and all 300 million guns disappeared out of the United States. How, how would you guys feel about trusting this government to keep guns out of the United States that come in illegally? from all over the world because we can't stop the manufacturing of guns all over the world. So there would be a black market out there. And do you guys want to put your trust in a government that can't stop tons of illicit drugs, that can't stop millions of illegal aliens from streaming across that border to stop guns and keep your children safe? My answer is no. And I think the majority of the American people will say no as well. Um. Well said. Well said. Um, I, 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 I want to believe in what you're saying. 
I I personally believe it. I think there's a great opportunity for us to to, to bring about change. Uh, I really believe that the that the movement that's gone uh, the Democratic Party that has gone so far to the left. Um, that we had on Jim's show a long time ago, maybe last fall, and we had him on our show. Um, he's a demographer, and he studies population trends and aging and, and movement of people out of one area to another and what drives people to make those changes. And Texas and Florida are huge states that are being re- repopulated by people who are leaving in droves the north and the northeast because of taxes, because of quality of life issues, and um, they no longer want to live there. And so you're going to California see California too. Yeah, true. And it, it, California is California is disintegrating. I mean, it's they've got a revolution on their hands with these local cities and counties who are opposing the state in their suit against the federal government on sanctuary cities. Um, and I think that, that you know, it's it, they've, they've done some really, really outlandish things, which uh, has begun to start to anger a lot, of, a lot of people in California, whether they're Democrats or Republicans. They just don't like the direction. Uh, the destruction of San Francisco with drugs and needles and feces all over the city and the stench and the smell destroyed a beautiful city. Uh, and it's the Democrats who, who did that. Um, and I, I just look at it and I say, wow, opportunities in Texas, opportunity in Florida, North and South Carolina, Georgia. Um, and, and we have an opportunity. Um, but he, what he was saying is that if Mr. Trump is successful in his first term, he could create a wave that, one, he will be reelected in 2020, but there could be a major Republican wave that could last 20 years. And it may take that long to turn this country around. I find it amazing. I can only hope. I can only hope, and again... Don't underestimate the Republican Party's Mitch McConnell's and uh, and other moderates, uh, Lindsey Graham and Bob Corker and Jeff Flake type individuals from figuring out ways to mess that up. But if Donald Trump can can through sheer force of will and through just being him and not kowtowing to political convention, if he can do what he has done, he dragged the Republican Party kicking and screaming over the finish line in 2016. If he can keep that up, and God knows how he's able to do it, because I don't know if I would have the stamina and the wherewithal to manage that. But if he can keep that up and he can inspire a movement, the establishments of both political parties will become endangered species. And I think it's it's time they did. Yeah. Do you think, I know we've got just a few minutes, do you think it's possible, because I, I wonder the same thing you wonder, how does this man get up? every morning when the mainstream media 93% of the time attacks him? How does he get up and go to work every morning so early, working so late? How does he do that? How does he keep himself motivated to do that every day? 
will he run for re-election in 2020, or will he just run out of gas? Well, again, I, I don't know what motivates a man to, to build a business, fail, come down and fail and then build a business again, even bigger and better than before by Donald Trump. I don't know what motivates him to uh, run for president and succeed and beat a field of 16 guys and beat the Democrat front runner and establishment person with name recognition uh, that is uh, to the moon. I, I don't know what motivates that guy to give up his billions upon billions of dollars and take no salary and donate it to the Veterans Administration. Uh, what motivates him to get up every day? I just pray that he keeps on doing it. And uh, because everything that I have seen so far from him as a conservative, and, and understand that Donald Trump isn't a conservative. He's a populist. But he has done more for the conservative movement than our vaunted Republican Party has done in the last, I'd say, 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, getting back America to being in the business of being America again, and that's all by sheer force of will of of Donald Trump. Is, is he a choir boy? No. Does he have his faults? Tell me what man doesn't. But you can't argue with the results. Right. So, so much – every single time we see these desperate attempts to kneecap this president – it's backfiring. You mentioned the 93% negative coverage. People are turning on the news rather than turning on Trump. You see these Democrats going out and defending MS-13. I, I, uh, Dinesh D'Souza had a funny tweet today saying, you know, just for, fun, just for fun, Trump should condemn Satan and see the New York Times starting to defend Satan, um, <laughs> which I thought was, was, was kind of ingenious. But this is the reflexive nature of these individuals. This is, this is what they do. And America, he is revealing these people like nobody, like nobody else ever has because he's not, he's not of Washington, and it's his biggest asset. And as long as he remains so, as long as and, – and, and I've said this about Donald Trump too. No matter – even if he hadn't accomplished a thing that he has accomplished already, he was still superior to Barack Obama because at least he was pro-American. And at least we could rely on him to be pro-American. Well, um, the – I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. No, 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 no. And I think that is his his lasting legacy: being pro-American back into the White House and making it fashionable again. The um, uh, Heritage Foundation several months ago said that Trump has already completed 65 percent of his promises in the agenda for what he wanted to yeah. do. 65 percent. Yeah. Breakneck Amazing. speed, record speed. And you know what? America is better for it. Can you imagine if this North Korean summit goes through? Can you imagine if a new trade deal is done with China where we're not getting hosed as every other elected American leader from Republican and Democrat has sold us out? Can you imagine what America will be set up to do in the coming years? Let me, let me take it one further twist for you. Can you imagine the head exploding heads? in the Democratic Party, if I, and I was one of the first people in this country to make this projection. The day that Kim said he wanted to meet with the president, I said if he pulls this off, he wins the Nobel Peace Prize. And people laughed at oh. me, they scorned me, and they said, never going to happen. But imagine what happens if he wins the Nobel Prize. What do the, what do the Democrats, like Maxine Waters, who have been saying for a long time, he's not presidential enough. 
if you made the world a safer place and got peace, how presidential do you want him to be? I think Maxine Waters and Al Green and Nancy Pelosi and a guy I call Chuck Toomer because he loves Obamacare, Chuck Toomer, are going to find out that the American people are not as stupid as they have prayed that they are. The American people see what's going on, and I think they will have a choice. They can either get on board, which these guys are experts at jumping on coattails, or they can be left behind. And I, I think this country would be stronger if uh, Maxine Waters, Al Green, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer were left behind. Yeah. Guys, it's been a pleasure being with you. Thank you. I appreciate it, my friend. Uh, there goes our guest. Uh, Chris, before we let you go, how do we find you online and everything? Real easy, guys. ChrisSalcedo.com. C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O.com. You can find WBAP connections there, KSEV connections, the book, uh, and uh, other ways to find me on uh, on the web, even, even our television show on the Vita Television Network. It's all there. Awesome. Well, Dan, uh, before we let everybody go, tell us about your uh, nonprofit and everything. The uh, Songs and Stories for Soldiers. I uh, just got a notice yesterday that the Military Officers Association here in Southwest Florida is going to give us next Friday at their state convention uh, $3,000 for 200 players for the veterans in hospitals and 100 players for veterans on honor flight. So we're just thrilled to be able to expand that new mission for us, sending soldiers from from now, from what few remain out of World War II and Korea, and now more and more Vietnam veterans going to see the war memorials in Washington, D.C. It's a great thank you to those people who have served. And um, still in jail with Facebook. Not going to happen. <laughs> and um, But uh, I've got a new book coming out next week, and we'll talk about it next week. Okay, well, uh, IQ, before we let everybody go, uh, how do we find you online and everything? Just Google my name, Al-Rasuli, A-L-R-A-S-S-O-O-L-I. Great to be with you. Yes, well, thanks to everyone, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. There we go, and uh, there we are. And uh, we've got a little bit of time, so uh, let's do this. Let's talk about, uh, what the hell is that? Uh, Let's talk about, (laughs) I'm like, what the hell is this? We have got a um, song we are going to play here in a few moments, Uh, hopefully. Unsung the master. The master unsung. He is the master. And uh We are hopefully going to play that here in a few moments and get that going. Unsung Heroes is the uh is the song. And we will talk about that here in just a few moments. You're gonna go with unsung the master the master unsung make sure we get all this put together here before we go today we are going to play a song for you the name of the song is called unsung heroes this artist wrote it for our servicemen and women and the vets as well 
Unsung. And uh, we are going to play that here in just a few moments. Unsung Heroes. And uh, get a hold of us online, cheekyjaguar.us. You can stream the show live. 24-7 replay, exclusive news and programming information, all available on our fantastic, fantastic app. And uh, I'm not sure where the heck the song went. I had it here just a few seconds ago. Where the heck did it go? Well, let's do this. Let's play this, and uh, we'll be back here in just a second. This is a Josh Bernstein News Minute powered by AMAC. As if the DNC leaks and corruption wasn't enough, we now have this. According to DC Whispers, Bernie Sanders may have actually been threatened and forced against his will to endorse Hillary Clinton. Apparently, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer told Bernie Sanders that his committee assignment on the Veteran Affairs Panel could be in jeopardy if he did not support the nominee. So not only was Bernie Sanders cheated out of the nomination, but now he has to endure threats just to keep his Senate leadership position. They don't call her crooked Hillary for nothing. This has been a Josh Bernstein News Minute. I'm Josh Bernstein, and you're up to date. Here we go. It's Unsung Heroes. We fight for one another For the freedoms we live 
Well, we thank our good friends over there, Unsung Heroes. It's a fantastic, fantastic track. And that is that. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.